Hello and welcome to The Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My very special guest with me today is my friend Shan. Hello, back again. And today we are discussing Chapter 9 of Persuasion by Jane Austen. I'm and... more of a fixture now than a <laughs> guest. <laughs> <laughs> my co-host? That would be charming. My co-host Shan. Here we go. Okay, in Chapter 9... We talk about Cap Joint with spending lots of time at Uppercross and it's starting to cause an issue when Charles Hayter turns up because Charles Hayter was Henrietta's boyfriend. I say boyfriend, they wouldn't have said boyfriend. And now she's giving him a little bit of the cold shoulder. And the chapter ends in a really awkward scene where Anne is stuck in a room with Captain Wentworth and then Charles Hayter walks in to make it even more uncomfortable and then Captain Wentworth rescues her from her nephew. And she runs away. I really like this chapter. You really have to read Austen carefully or listen carefully because as you get on, you can, you can see the, the sort of petty irritations that you get when you've got two teenagers, two young ladies, both sort of chasing after the one gentleman and the other gentleman passed away but the bit that really got me and is a bit later in the book is when she's talking about the toddlers now for somebody who never had children of her own but was obviously a very beloved auntie she's absolutely captured that that irritatingness about how you cannot <laughs> make a, a toddler will do whatever the toddler will do yeah captain wentworth is he's enjoying himself you still also feel there's an element of uh putting himself through I'm well, damned, I'm going to make sure I enjoy myself and show this other lady who chose not to go away with me. Yeah, it mentions the attractions of Uppercross, the friendliness, the flattery, everything most bewitching in his reception there. They were hospitable and agreeable. Mm. But he doesn't mention Anne, and you do wonder if that is still part of the reason he's staying, but it's not mentioned. He's not going to admit to it at all. He could not but resolve to remain where he was and take all the charms and perfections of Edward's wife upon credit a little longer. It says he was come to Callanch as to a home. I love that he feels that he can make a home with his sister and her husband. But I think is part of this story about a search for a home. Yes, and home is more than a building. It's the people who occupy it. The feeling I get with his brother and his sister rather than his brother-in-law is they've always been a home wherever they've been. Because they make a home in each other. They make a home in each other. And they've made where they are home. They're out there. They're looking at all of their new positions. The sheep, the grass, which is a novelty to put somebody who's been sailing for years. That's very true. And dawdling about. Dawdling about. No pressures. (laughs) Which is just adorable. It is. They have a lovely relationship. They talk about the relationships between the Musgroves and the Haters, Mr. Musgrove and Mrs. Hater were sisters. We don't know anything about them, but I assume then that they're locals, but potentially not landed gentry or titled because we don't know anything else about their family. No, they had, they each had money, but they had made a material difference in their dear degree of consequence, yes. Which I wonder then if they were just local girls that weren't necessarily, that just had money, but weren't gentry potentially. Because we never hear anything about their brother or anyone who inherited their home, which presumably you would. Again, depends where they lived, doesn't it, and where they met as well. Well, because we're assuming that they're local because these, the Mr. Hayter and Mr. Musgrove live reasonably close by each other. Yes, 
But we don't know, though, whether the sisters were local. Well, I'm assuming they are because it's unlikely that Mr Musgrove and Mr Hayter were probably friends. That seems unlikely to me. So it's likely that the girls were local and met the local gentleman, is what I'm Mm. saying. At a ball, no less. Yes, they probably did meet them at a ball. (laughs) Because that's how how else do you meet people. They didn't have dating apps. Yes, because the young haters had inferior, retired, unpolished way of living and earned defective education. Mm. (laughs) Hardly been any class, except, of course, Charles chose to be a scholar and a gentleman. And there's our other Charles, Charles Hater. And the consciousness of superiority in the Miss Musgroves made them pleased to improve their cousins, which sounds so condescending, but they're lovely girls. It's like Emma. It's, she does want to improve. She them. wants to improve the consequences of her friends and family. Um, yeah, I can't imagine them ever looking down on their cousins or being rude to them or anything like that. Of course, Harry is thinking about marrying one of them. Then we get into the argument between Charles Musgrove and his wife about who Captain Wentworth wants to marry. They've <laughs> not been about four or five times in their company when they're talking about who he was going to marry. That's so quick. It is, and yet in some respects it's not that quick. No? Well, how often was Elizabeth in Darcy's company and Bingley and Jane's company, really? The ball? You know, dinners and things before they both sort of... They did start talking about whether Jane was going to marry Bentley very soon. Very, very Very soon. And I think it's what people do, isn't it, about that? Oh, you can see there's something going on. Well, maybe not just met them, you're now married and having kids in a house down the road sort of thing. (laughs) Or it seemed obvious to them that Captain Wentworth was looking for a wife. And they are nice, pleasant, flippity gibbets, you could argue, (laughs) women. Girls. 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 You know, lively and presumably quite capable because I could imagine their mother would actually make sure they were well domesticated. They did have a modern education though, so Mm. I'm not sure if their modern education would have included all the things. The more modern it gets, the less useful it is. Yeah, that's sometimes it, yes. So long as they knew how to manage house, that's really the key thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mary wants... Captain Wentworth to marry Henrietta because she doesn't want Henrietta to marry Charles Hater because she doesn't want to continue the family relationship with the haters because she looks down on them. And in fact, it would be much better match for me if she marries. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't think it really has any... I, I don't think Henrietta's going to check with you before she gets married. No. And, and... And, now, and, and they've got him rising to be a baronet. Lady Wentworth sounds very well. (laughs) (laughs) Anne had a delicacy which must be pained by any lightness of conduct in a well-meaning young woman. Yes. And a heart to sympathise in any of the sufferings it occasioned. She's over-identifying with the situation. She is worried that Henrietta might be leading on Charles Hayter. And she sees the pain. You're right then. It struck me was the parallel of also listening to her sister disparage Charles Hayter, when it was her elder sister disparaging Wentworth, you know, to see this sudden about face where all of a sudden this gentleman was once not, and to, to recognise that actually Charles is still a young man, he, he could go on to succeed quite well. In fact, it talks about the fact that he has an opportunity to improve themselves to a very good curacy and he has he has good contacts a curate's not as dashing as a, captain, as a, as a no. captain no and i mean he's not even a i mean he is a clergyman but he doesn't even have 
his own rectory. He's only a curate. Yes. But he is going to take the... If he takes the one for the uh, doctor... Dr. Shirley. Dr. Shirley, rather. And also, he's the eldest son. So he will inherit He will inherit Winthrop and a farm near Taunton, both of which are very good properties. And at this stage, Captain Wentworth doesn't have any property. He just has money. But he is a gentleman now because he's a an officer in the Navy and he's become a gentleman because of it. So then we go on to the really awkward scene. Oh. Anne's by herself, or she's with little Charles in the drawing room at the cottage and Captain Wentworth walks in and he he started and you just imagine him going, oh shit, what did I walk into? This is not what I expected. Mm. And Anne is trapped there in this awkward situation uh, by having to look after little Charles. Otherwise, she would have left him. I get the feeling that he is hovering around Anne and the girls give him cover. You think? Yeah. I don't really think he's that seriously interested in them, but they're pleasant company, and he's enjoy he's revelling in this understandably slightly petty <laughs> revenge. I think he's deceiving himself to a certain extent. Well, very painful for her, and not only that is she's <laughs> very uncomfortable. She's kneeling down by the sofa, and then Charles Hayter turns up. <laughs> yeah, which would actually uh, talk about adding to the more. He blanks Captain Wentworth and, and goes to sit by himself. And, of course, probably at this point, Captain Wentworth has absolutely no idea. No, he has no idea that, about the drama that's been going no, on around him. No. And then little Walter comes in. <laughs> A remarkable, stout, forward child made his determined appearance among them and wants to see what's fun that is going on and wants to be involved and get any treats. And then starts climbing all over Anne. Up her back. I mean, it's, she's just fixed there. He's on. He's like a limpet on her back, you know. And you can't exactly shake him off. No, you can't. She ordered, entreated, and insisted in vain because it's exactly you know what toddler takes any notice of you. These having a fine time, thank you very much. I'm <laughs> going to enjoy myself. And you know, did contrive to push him away, but took greater play. I mean, it's a game. Yes, fabulous game. And another moment, however, she found herself in a state of being released from him. Yeah, but uh, that's after Charles Hayter's also <laughs> tried to... Why not you do it? I'm bid. Did you not hear? You know, come to me, come to Cousin Charles. Takes no note. He's not going to take any notice. No. And actually, that Charles had the opportunity then to go and take the boy off her. What you probably should have done. Which is what he should have done. Because the toddler's not going to take any notice of somebody telling him. And then Captain Wentworth rescues her. Yes. Perfectly speechless she was. She could not even thank him. And he makes lots of noise with the child. (laughs) Studiously. (laughs) To avoid hearing her thanks. Yes. It's like he couldn't see her in pain and not do something about it. It's interesting that he gets to rescue Anne here, but later he doesn't get to rescue Louisa. You know, in a more significant occasion. Very trying, very painful agitation she could not recover from. Yeah, she runs away. She does quite a lot of this. She does a lot of running away. She does a lot of running away. To apply solitude and reflection to recover. She just needs some downtime to think about what's happened about being in his presence. Mm. So she avoids the opportunity of watching the loves and jealousies of the Miss Musgroves and Charles Hayter and Captain Wentworth. Wouldn't you just, though? You really wouldn't want to sit in there. Unless, if, if you were a fly on the wall and you could almost enjoy it. What well, seems but, like but, she almost wants to see it. 
Yeah, but it's too painful. Yes, too close. Far too painful. But yeah, I think it's a good example of showing that Captain Wentworth is still aware of Anne. Oh yes. He doesn't want to be, but he's still awkward with her, and he still wants to help her out, mm. even though he's still angry at her. It also actually shows the kind of the caliber of man he is, that he can't just stand by and not do something. What does that say about Charles Hayter? Is a more traditional man when it comes to children. You know, you do as I say, I would argue. And he's a cousin of the boy. He's a... Yes, he's a cousin of the boy. Only second cousin, yeah. You have to read the words and you realise that she's not just... She's not just saying, you know, they went into the room and the kids play. It's the way she says them. There is that underlying message coming through the tale. And that is our summary of Chapter 9 of Persuasion by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of... The Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch, too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!